Today's daf is Ksubis daf ayin tes. And we are 16 lines from the bottom of daf ayin ches omid beis, the two dots, Misha nises elu ve'elu moidim. Today's daf is being learned, Le'ilu nishmas chayim malazar, ben yibadu l'chayim, ribshim shenayu. So yesterday, we began the eighth parak in Masach des Ksubis, parak ha'isha shenaflu, which deals primarily with the laws of nechsa malot. So yesterday, we spoke out a long, elaborate introduction to the specific concept known as Nachsem Elog. We talked a little bit about what the differences are between Nachsem Elog and what was known as Nachsei Tzayim Barzel. But in short, Nachsem Elog are Nechassim that a woman brings with her into her marriage. It doesn't matter if she acquired the Nechassim before she got married, if she acquired the Nechassim after she got married, it also doesn't matter how she acquired the Nechassim. Did she earn them? Did she find them? Did someone give it to her as a gift? Were the Nechassim bequeathed to her via Yerusha? Either way, those Nechassim belong to her. And despite the fact that Ho'isha Nikness, and on some level she's Kinyonoi of her husband, but it's not with regards to her mumminess. As a result, any mummin that she has really belongs to her. So the next Samalog is hers, stating that Chazal gave her husband certain rights and certain schusim in her Nechsimalog. Specifically, the Baal is Oichel Peiros, which means that any income that these Nechasim generate are going to belong to the husband. Which means that from a practical standpoint, there would seem to be some shutfis in the Nechsimalog between the husband and the wife. The wife owns the guf, she owns the underlying asset, but at the same time, the husband is the one that gets to benefit from it because any payroys that it generates is going to belong to the husband. The Mishnah discussed the halachas of a woman that has nechsimalug, or isha shenaflu and she wants to sell them. The question is, can she, can she not? And b'diyevit, if she does, is the mechira chal or is the mechira not chal? And there was a long, complicated Mishnah where the Mishnah broke down this halacha into five different seyurim, meaning... Did she acquire the Nechassim before Erisen, after Erisen, before Nasu, and after the Nasu? And when does she want to sell it? Does she want to sell it as an Arusa? Does she want to sell it as a Nasu? And depending on what exactly the case is, that will determine the halacha. We saw in the Mishnah there was Machloikis Bishami and Bishilil that permeated these laws. There was a Machloikis between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim. A Machloikis Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Chanin and Akavya as to what exactly the exchange was between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim. A machlekes Reb Zvid and Papa, what the right girsa in the Mishnah was. And then there was a Shittas Rabbi Seinu, that Rav and Shmuel, both Paskin-like, that was completely different than all the different girsas that we had in the Mishnah. Hayyotzim and Advarim was that there were three primary ways and formulations as to dictate what exactly the halacha is regarding a woman that wants to sell her nechsem look, That was all. Yesterday's daf. Today's daf is going to continue to discuss the laws of nechsem look, albeit nowhere nearly as farcheshbind as yesterday's daf was. And it begins really with an observation that the Gemara makes related to the last of the five tziyurim that were mentioned in the Mishnah. And that was... The Mishnah says, in the event that a woman, after she had already been in a state of Nesuin, and then as a Nesuin, she went and she sold those Nechassim 
Elu ve'elu moitim. Elu ve'elu means everybody agrees that the halach is shabal moitzmi yad alakuchas. That the husband can go and he can take what she sold away from the lakuchas. So the Mishnah says that in the case where she acquired the nechassim after nesuin and sold it after the nesuin, that's easy. That has nothing to do with everything that we saw in yesterday's daf. Elu ve'elu moitim. The halach is going to be shabal moitzmi yad alakuchas. Says the Gemara. Leimet hanina l'takana surusha. At first glance, it would seem. That this last halacha of the Mishnah is what we know as the Takonas Ushad. Um, Rabbi Yosef Reb Chanino, Rabbi Yosef Reb Chanino said, When the Sanhedrin was in Usha, they made a Takonas. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's because we saw this Takonas Usha, albeit fleetingly, Le'il Dafnun Amadalev. So on Dafnun, the Gemara discussed all the different Takonas Usha. Oh, father's not obligated to support his children, but in Usha they made a takana that a father should. Hamavazvez al Yavazvez Yoisa Michaimish, etc. etc. So one of the takanas Usha was Negei the laws of Nechsamalok. And the takana was as follows that Hoisha Shemachra Benechsamilug Bechaye Bailo, a woman that sold her Nechsamilug while her husband was alive, Umesa, and then she dies, Habal Maitzmiyad Alakuchais, the Allah is that the husband can go and take what she sold away from the Lakuchais. So you see that in Usha there was a Takano, the Gemara is going to explain this a little bit better in a moment, that a woman who sells her Nechsamalog, the husband has a schus to be Maitzmiyad Alakuchais. The Gemara assumes that the Takanas Usha was probably the fifth seer of the Mishnah where you in fact find such a concept that a woman sells nachsamalog and the halach is that the bal is Now, without going back into yesterday's daf, but it was only the fifth of the five tziurim where the halach was that if a woman would sell habal moitzimiyadal kuchais. In some cases, she could sell a chatchila. In other cases, she can't sell a chatchila. But with the evidence, if she sold, it would be okay. The only time where if the woman sells the nechsamaluk da'alach is abal moitz miyad alakuches was mishenises. If she acquired it after nesuin, then elu elu moidem shabal moitz miyad alakuches. Now, nechs takana susha was a takana which seemed to say something very similar. That even though a woman owns her nechsamaluk, and based on that, you would think she could sell it, but So the Gemara asks, is this fifth seer of the Mishnah essentially takana susha? And was takana susha really the fifth seer of the Mishnah? The way some Rishayim explain it is it's a kasha. Because why in Usha would they have had to have made a takana regarding something that was a Mishnah. If it's a Mishnah, it would seem that this was a halacha psuka that predated Takanas Usha. And if that's the case, it's not mistaber that the Takanas Usha is something that's already Mephorish in the Mishnah. But either way, the point is, is the fifth seer of the Mishnah really Takanas Usha? The Gemara says, no, it's two completely different halachas. It's the same punchline. But if you break down the two respective dinim, it's really not the same thing. Masnisim b'chayeha. The Mishnah is talking about where a woman sold her nechsimilog, she's still alive. The halacha is that even while she's alive, the husband can take what she sold away from the lakuchas. And the reason is because although the woman owns the guf of the karka, and although she's still alive, which means she didn't lose her rights to the guf of karka, but she doesn't own the payers. 
And because she doesn't own the Paris, so the husband has a right to take the Paris away from the Lukuchas. Takana Susha was saying something else. Takana Susha was saying the Gufa shall karka. That there's a time that the husband can even take away the Gufa karka. That the Mishnah didn't say. That the husband can take ownership of the Gufa karka. That's not his. Chazal never gave him a schus in the Gufa karka. All they gave him a schus was in the Paris. Now, why would the husband ever be able to take the Gufakarka? The Teretz is, read the Takonasusha, Ulachar Misa. It's talking about where she sold it and then she died. Or once she dies, the husband now has a schus in the Gufakarka as well. And the reason he has a schus in the Gufakarka is because a husband yarshins his wife, so he yarshins the Gufakarka, now the Gufakarka is his. And because the Gufakarka is his, therefore in Usha they made a takana that if the Baal wants to be moitzi, even the Gufakarka miyad al that's something that he's allowed to do. So it's true. The Mishnah talked about a case with the Baal's moitzi miyad al The Takana Susha was a case with the Baal's moitzi miyad al but it's not the same thing. The Mishnah, the Baal is just being moitzi, the schus peris of the film miyad al In Takana Susha, the Baal is taking away the underlying asset. He's taking the Gufakarka from the Lukuchas. In the Mishnah, he could do it even while his wife's alive. Because even while she's alive, he owns the Paris. In Takana Susha, he can only do it after she dies. Because while she's alive, she owns the Gufakarka. And if she wants her Gufakarka to be sold while she's alive, that's something she has a right to do. Once she dies, now the husband's a Yairish. It's his Gufakarka. And because it's his Gufakarka, therefore he's allowed to take it away. Now the truth is, the Takana Susha of Aisha Shemachar Ben Echsam, Luk Mechai, Yibay, Lomay, Sabal, Moitz, Miyad, Lukuchas, is one of the Sugyas that are oimdim berumayshalaylam. And it's a little bit of a tricky case, and certainly a lot of lumbus that's attached to it. And we're going to talk a little bit about it in the raid bite. But just to appreciate one piece, Pashib Shah, what was the real Khidish of Takana Susha? The Khidish was it's true that a man yarshins his wife, but only the possessions that she has at the time that she died. Takana Susha says that a woman sold her Nachsimalug, then she died. The husband can go to the Lakeach and say, you know, you bought it from my wife. 10 years ago, but I have a schus Yerusha, and as a result, it's mine. If a father sells Nechassim, and then he dies, could the children then, 10 years later, go to the Lekeach and say, listen, you know, our father just died with a Yarshin, and as a result, we want to take away that asset that you purchased from our father? Of course not. Yerusha is only Chal on Whatever the father has at the time is that he dies. And you would think the same should be true with a husband and a wife. So of course the husband has a schos to and his wife, but only what she had at the time that she died. If she sold it already, who cares that now she died and now the husband has a schos Yerusha. So really the chiddush of Takana Susha was that the way Chazal viewed the husband that's coming to Yarsh and his wife is not simply as a Yerush, but we view him as a loikeach rishay. The point is we look at him as if he had rights in those nechassim, even the guf, while his wife was alive. So that he can now go to the lekeach, the real lekuchos, and say, I understand you bought it, but I had already purchased it before you purchased it. If he's simply coming betayrus yairish, then you can only yarshin things that the person who you're yarshining had at the time that that person died. But being that she sold it already, really they shouldn't be able to come as a Yairish. It's because we view him not only as a Yairish, but as a Lekeach. And that's how he has a schos to take it away from the Lekuchas. Again, it's a complicated concept, but this is Pashib Shat in the Takana Sushi. This is not fancy rage. This is the Pashib Shat and what's going on over here. The Gemara thought that Habal Maitzmiyat Lekuchas in the Mishnah is the same as the Habal Maitzmiyat Lekuchas in Takana Sushi. And the Gemara clarified very simply that they're really two completely different things. The Mishnah is number one, she's still alive, and he's being moitzi, the peyrois. 
Takanas Usha is La'acha Misa only when she died, and what he's being Moitzi is the Gufa Karka. Either way. So the Mishnah that mentioned the five cases and all the different variables and permutations, that was all the Shita Sachachon. But there was another Shita. There's a Das Yochid in this whole Sugya, and that's Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon Barichoy, and Rav Shimon has a whole different understanding of how you view Isha Shinaflulah Umachra. And that is Mishnah. Rab Shimon Choyleik be Nechasim le Nechasim. Nechasim, how you doing the Baal Nechasim that the husband knows about Leitim because she's not allowed to sell. The Imachra benas na bottle, the Mechira is going to be bottle. She'en you doing the Baal. If the husband didn't know about the Nechasim, Leitim, again, Lechatchila, she shouldn't sell it. However, the Imachra benas, but if she does sell it, Kayim, it's going to be okay. So according to Rab Shimon, it seems like it matters less when she acquired it and when she's selling it. But more, does the husband know about these nechassim or does he not know about these nechassim? If the husband knows about these nechassim, then the mechira is going to be bottle. If the husband doesn't know about these nechassim, then the mechira is going to be kayim. Either way, lechatchila, she's not supposed to. But really what it depends on is whether he knows about it or not. The following are a list of nechassim that are traditionally considered to be a doing and Nechasim that are considered to be any do. Amr Abbas Bechanina, Abbas Bechanina said, "You're doing mekarki. You're doing is karka. Sheini you're doing metaltli. Sheini you're doing is metaltlins." Abbas Bechanina said, "It's very simple. Karka is always considered you're doing. People know about karka. Metaltlin you can hide. Not everybody knows about it. It's not visible. Therefore, that's considered any you're doing. So if she sells karka, which is nechasim that are you doing." The mechah is going to be bottle. If she sells metaltalin, that's what her nechsamalog was, so then it's going to be kind. Rabbi Yechen, Rabbi Yechen, and said, Eilu ve'elu, you're doing it. No, that's not true. Metaltalin are also considered nechasim that are you doing. If a man gets married, he's going to know about his wife's nechasim, even the metaltalin, the Elohein, she'en you're doing. So what then is an example of nechasim she'en you're doing? Kol she'yeshev is kind. It's talking about where a man and a woman, they agree to get married. Here, and then Medina Sayam on the other side of the world, that's where she has those Nechasim. Oh, the Nechasim are in a completely different location, so that would be Nechasim She'enidun. Tanya Nami Hachi, a Brisa that says that last Pshat, Eduhin She'enidun, the following are Nechasim She'enidun, Kalshi Yeshevas Khan, Venaflula Nechasim Dina Sayam. Anytime the Nechasim fall from Dina Sayam, it's not in the presence of where the husband and the wife are, that's the definition of Nechasim. She'enam yidu'in. So according to Rav Shimon, what does it depend on? Are the nechasim yidu'in or are they enam yidu'in? So what's the svara? So Rashi says a svara. Rashi, the third to last skinny line, yidu'in mekarki, v'al menas oisam nechasim nasa. L'fichach michra batal, shahaya metzapa shetipa la oisa yerusha. It's a svara that when a man gets married, so part of his cheshben might be the nechassim that she has. He may be thinking about the nechassim alok. So Chazal talk about being noisy ishel mishamamen. But the nechassim alok definitely goes into the equation in terms of what he's thinking. So if he knows about the nechassim alok, it's as if he made a t'nai, that I'm letting you know I'm marrying you, but on the condition that I'm going to have the peris nechassim alok, which means you can't sell the nechassim alok because that's going to impact my ability to have the peris. If it's any you doing, so then you can't say al menas because he didn't even know about it. So in that case, it's not the right thing to do, but at the same time, if she would go ahead and sell it, the mecher would be, there was a woman that was getting married. As she says, she was an almana, and she wanted to get married. Now she knew the halacha, that says, that if she has any nechsamalog, her husband is going to get the payers of the nechsamalog. 
And she didn't want that her husband should get the Paris Nachsamalog. So she had an idea. She calls her daughter and she tells her daughter, I'm doing some estate planning and I want to give you all my Nachasim. And literally, she hands over all her Nachsamalog. The daughter was so excited. She just thought she got this Grace Matana. Now, while this is happening, she whispers into the ears of the Edim, Rashi says, and says, I want you to know that I'm not really giving this gift to my daughter. The reason I'm doing this is because I don't want my husband to think I have this money. Because I don't want him to eat the, the Paris. This is a real prenup. So, that she says that I just want you to know that even though my daughter doesn't chap, she thinks this is a real matana. But really, in matana zu matana, elo lavriach sakrashi. All I'm doing this for is, is lavriach. Says the Gemara, what happened? She handed it over to her daughter in Siva, then she got married to Igarsha. And seemingly, what she was suspicious of, this marriage maybe wasn't going to work out. But the bottom line is, she ended up getting divorced. So they came to Rav Nachman. There was a court case. The daughter brought her mother. The entire, meaning the mother goes to the daughter after she gets divorced and she says, I want all my nachsamalug back. She says, what do you mean? You gave it to me as a matana. She says, no, I didn't mean it. I wanted, this was all uh, an idea that I was trying to be mavriach. I just didn't want the husband to get it. She says, well, you didn't even say a word. Yeah, but I told the Edim, but I didn't know about it. The kids said it was a dintar. They went to Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman took the daughter's star and he ripped it. He tore it up. He said this, he shredded it. He said this star has absolutely no value. Meaning it's poshit that she didn't really mean to give you all the nachasim. And as a result, you have to give everything back to your mother. So the Gemara says, If this sounds a little bit familiar, because we had a similar exchange not so long ago. So Rav Anan comes to Marukva. Take a look at Rav Nachman. He passes like a farmer. Meaning, A woman pulls out her star. Rav Nachman says, You think this star is worth something? Boom. What happened to Edom Achsuvim al Ashtar Nasik Mishenachkere Edusim Bebezdin, right? All of a sudden, you're just tearing the Shtar up. Amalei. So Marukva told Ravana, one second, one second. Before we call Rav Nachman a Chakla, let's understand the story a little bit better. Amalei, Emily, easy gufado of the Hechab. Tell me how this whole story played out. Amalei told him, Hachi Bachi Ava. This is what happened. Amalei, Shtar Mavrachas Kamrit. Are you talking about a Shtar Mavrachas? You mean to say that the woman gave it to her daughter right before she was getting married, where it's so Obvious that what she was trying to do was not just give a gift to her daughter, but to be mavriach these nechasim from her husband. I am a meira Shmuel talking. If comes to my court, I would tear it up. So what do you mean? What Rav Nachman was doing was something that Shmuel would have done. Nach was a Talmud Shmuel. And he, this is what he was following, his great Rebbe, that held that a Shtar Mavrachas is worthless. And it's so obvious over here that this Shtar was a Shtar Mavrachas. Now, it's just worth pointing out because it's going to play itself out in these, these last few lines of this part of the Sugyo. And that is, the woman never told her daughter when she gave her the Shtar that it was a Shtar Mavrachas. She never said those words. However, there's an umdina, that's essentially what the Gemara is saying, that for sure that's what's going on. Because people that just don't just give everything away. So there's an umdina, and an umdina de muchach, and whenever you have an umdina de muchach, it's as if you stated it, as if you stipulated it. It works, kitnai de bnei gadu, bnei ruven, and it's for that reason this is going to work. Bottom line, Amalei Rav the Rav Nachman, Rav told Rav Nachman, time of my, what's the svara of shtam Ravrachas? It's based on this umdina de muchach. Because a person wouldn't just take away all his things and give it to somebody else. No one does that. Hani mili lachrini, right? That's the other takona susha. Ayyavaz vizyaisa mechaymish. This is not something that people really do. But he... Tainid Gishmak. Hani Mili Lachrini. That's if you're giving it to a random person. Avalabarta Yohiva. 
This woman is giving it to her daughter. People give everything away to their children. There's a lot of cases in Shas. So you find things like this. So being that he's giving it over to her daughter, I don't know if you have an umdina de muchach. And as long as you take off the edge, you don't have an umdina de muchach, that knocks out this whole shtam avrachas. But Rav Nachman told Rav, I hear what you're saying, but Yeah, if someone's a shchiv in these types of cases, it's true you have such a concept. But a man, a woman that's healthy, she's getting married, she has nachsam look, to go ahead and give all your nachasim away to your daughter, that sounds something would do. Therefore, the shtar is for sure deemed to be a shtar mevrachas, and even though it wasn't stipulated, it wasn't written in the shtar, only the Adam knew Rashi says, but the bottom line is, we view it as a shtar mevrachas, Rav Nachman said, that's why I tore the shtar, I was following what I knew from Shmuel, and that was, im yovi shtar mevrachas liyadi ekre en fritikmar meis, I'll ask you a kasha, if somebody wants to do justice, exactly what this woman did in this story, she wants to be mevrach, her nechaz from her husband, she's getting married, she has nechzim, look, she doesn't want her husband to eat the she can write a star pasim laacherim. Divri Rav Shimon Gamliel. So Rashi says that this star pasim is very similar to the star mavrachas. The only difference seems to be that in the Bryce's case, Rav Shimon Gamliel's halach is that she has to tell the person that's receiving the star that I want you to know I'm doing it lahavriach. So in the star mavrachas, she hadn't told anyone anything. Only the Aiden. But over here, the shtar pasim, you have to make it clear that that's what you're doing. The chachamim, the chachamim say, If all you do is say it, the recipient can play games with you. She would have to write it before in the shtar. I'm giving it to you, but only because I'm trying to make it look like I don't own it, so my husband shouldn't take it. But at the same time, if there's going to be any point in time that I'm going to want to take it back from you, I'm going to have a right to take it. So what's the Gemara's kasha? You see from here that the concept of Ishtar Mavrachas works, but it sounds like from the Bryce it only works if you're a little bit more specific. Only if you wrote, and even Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, if you at least said something, but, but if you didn't write anything, it sounds like in that case, it's not going to be a Shtar Mavrachas. So our story was where a woman wrote a regular Shtar Mavrachas, where the woman didn't tell the recipient of the gift, her daughter, anything. And even there, from the Brisa, it sounds like the only time it would work is if it's either a Shtar Pasim or even better. You would have to write Mefurish But if you're not going to be so specific, it's not going to be viewed as a Shtar Mavrachas. Meaning, we're not going to say Umdunu Demuchach. No, you have to speak it out Mefurish. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So we have a Kasha Rav Nachman. I'm Rav Zeir. Rav Zeir said like Kasha. If you give everything away, then you don't have to to stipulate anything. Why? Because then you have the umdun of the muchach. The whole shtam of rachas is predicated on umdun of the muchach. So if you give everything away, nobody gives everything away. So why do you do it? Oh, must be it's a shtam of rachas. It's not a real shtar. However, if you're only giving a little bit of away, people sometimes give a little bit away. Therefore, you're not going to have an umdun of the muchach. Therefore, you would have to speak it out. And that's what this rice is talking about, where you have to write it or at least say it. Because if you're giving part of it away, you're not going to have the umdun of the muchach. And that's why you have to be more mafurish. But now the Gemara asks the obvious question, right? There's an obvious question on this whole shtar of rachas. How does it work? What's Pashab Shat? It sounds like this works in Chayshu Mishpat. This is like just good advice. This is something that actually works. The question is, if the then the husband should be kaina. Meaning, the husband has a schos in the Paris Nachsamalog. If she really owns it, and this whole shtar matana is a sham, 
then why does he not get the Paris next of a look? Why does this work? You see clearly in Allah it works. Why does it work? I'm Rabbiya. Abaya said, You want to know how it works? Because when a woman writes a Shtam Avrach as a very Gishmaka Teretz, the husband is going to think that she really doesn't have Nechassim. And as a result, the Nechassim will be Nechassim She'eni Yadu on the Baal. Va'alibe the Reb Shimon, and this whole sugi is going according to Reb Shimon, that holds Nechassim She'eni Yadu on the Baal. If the woman wants to sell it, she could sell it. And it sounds like, not only could she sell it, the husband wouldn't even have the schus of the Paris Nachsamalog. And as a result, it's for that reason it's going to work. Meaning the sugi is going to leave the Reb Shimon that holds that the only time the husband has schusim is if it's nechasim hayudu in labal. But if it's nechasim she'ini yudu in labal, so in that instance, the Allah is, it, she, he doesn't have any schusim. Being that he thinks it's a matana gemura, so it becomes no different than nechasim that she had by Medina Sayyam, which on nechasim she'ini yudu in labal, it's for that reason it's going to work. Incidentally, we're going to go right there now. But if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam actually paskins like Rav Shimon. So on yesterday's daf, where we went through the, the harder she in the sugya, or the hardest sheet ice in the sugya, with all the different chishbainis, Rav Shimon had a whole different understanding. If you look in the Rambam, the Rambam actually paskins treat as Rav Shimon, which this last Gemara would seem to support, because here we had a whole uh, sugya, which the Gemara came out, Lamaisa is all working, Aliba de Rav So the halach is that a woman that has nechzimalog, she owns the guf of the nechzimalog. The Baal, however, gets to eat the pears. Our Mishnah is going to discuss what happens if a woman inherits Nechassim, but the Nechassim are such that they're not Oysepeiris. In that case, L'chair, the husband doesn't have anything. The question is, do we treat it as Nechassim that don't have Paris and as a result, let the husband have nothing? Or is there a din that the husband has to have something in the Nechzimelot, and as a result, in the event that the Nechzimelot is not something that naturally is Oysepeiris, we're going to have to convert it into some form of Nechassim that really is Oysepeiris. In the event that she inherited money, so you look at money is not Oysepeiris, so therefore what we do is we take the money, we buy Karka, the karka now will be oisa peris. Vuoichel peris. Like this, the husband is going to be able to eat peris. Peris atushim in a karka. What happens if she had nechsamalug and the nechsamalug themselves were peris, but peris that are detached from the ground, they're talush. Peris that are talush are peris, they're physically fruit, but in this instance, it's the guf ha nechsamalug. It's what she herself, the arshin, and it itself is not oisa peris. Karka is Oiseperis, but Paris are not Oiseperis. Same halacha. You look at them Karka. We have to convert the Paris into Karka so that it will be Oiseperis for Oichel Paris, and he's going to be able to eat the Paris. Essentially, what the Mishnah is saying is, is a chiddish, and that is that we need that the Nechsimalog should be Oiseperis. And if in its natural state, the way she yarshened it, it's not Oiseperis, we need to convert it into something that is Oiseperis. So take the money, buy Karka, take the Paris, buy Karka. The karka will be Oysepeiris, she'll own the guf, so she's not losing anything in this exchange, but at least he's going to be nena, he's going to be able to eat the peris nachsamalog. Peris hamechubarim bekarka. What happens if the woman was naflula peris hamechubarim lekarka? Meaning, all of a sudden she yarshin karka, and there's peris that are attached to the karka. The question is, how do you view the peris? The karka is karka, that's easy. Do you view the peris as peris, or do you view it as karen? Meaning, on the one hand, it is peris. 
And it's not just peiros. It's peiros amichubarim lekarka, which is your classic peiros nachsam alug that the Baal was always eichel. So do we look at this too as being peiros nachsam alug? In which case, the Baal would just keep it. It's all his, 100% of it. Or do we look at it as Karen, even though it's in the form of Peiros, but it's what she yarshin. And because it's what she yarshin, so it's for that reason we look at it as Karen. Now, if we look at it as Karen, that means the Karka's Karen. The Peiros that are attached to it are Karen. The Karka that's Karen is Oysa Peiros, but the Peiros HaMechubarim, just like when they were Tlushin, are not Oysa Peiros. So what we would then have to do is we would have to convert the value of the Karka that's represented by the Peiros HaMechubarim, into karka that really is oisa peiros, so that the Baal can get his peiros. A little confusing. Amr Meir. So Meir said, Shaman oisa. Yeah, it's the latter choice. We have to assess this karka. Kami he offered the peiros. How much it's worth with the peiros? I mean, what is the worth Basha Rusham? The Kami he offered below peiros. How much is it worth without the peiros? Umoisar, the difference is the keren that is ena oisa peiros. And with that difference, you look at them karka. We have to buy karka. And again, the husband's going to be able to eat Paris. In other words, we look at the Paris HaMechubarim just like we look at the Paris HaTlushin. We look at them as being Karen. But it's Karen that's not Oysa Paris. We literally have to segregate this karka and say, okay, this part of the karka is Oysa Paris. This part of the karka is in Oysa Paris. Let's identify how much of it is in Oysa Paris and convert that into a karka that's going to be Oysa Paris. This is... Some pretty progressive analysis, but the bottom line is that's what we have to do. The Chachamim the Chachamim say, no, I disagree with the whole premise. With any Paris that I'm a Chubalakarka is regular Paris. And just like the Baal is always Eichel Paris, so even though she yarshened it and she brought it into the marriage already in the state of Paris, but at the end of the day, it's Paris, I agree with you if it's Tolosh, if it's detached, that's hers. Because that's not the Paris, that Chazal gave the husband when it's Talish already. But as long as it's Mechubra, that's going to be enough that we should view it as if it's already his. Now, with the Tlushin, that's hers. There you would have to buy Karka. And he's going to eat the Paris. In other words, we have a, a Yusoydi Machloikis between Rameir and the Chachamim. If a, we'll see why it's Yusoydi in a second. That if a woman brings Karka into her marriage, and this Peros HaMechubar on the Karka, do we look at it as Peros or do we look at it as Karen? If we look at it as Peros, then the husband's going to take it, 100% of it. If we look at it as Karen, then the goof of it belongs really to her. He has a schos peris. Now, those peris amchubarim are not oisa peris, so we need to sell it, and you look at them karka, that will be oisa peris. But the point is, she's going to own it. So the question is, do we look at it as peris, do we look at it as Karen? What is the Hezbo of the Machloikis? The Hezbo of the Machloikis is Rameir that says that we look at it as Karen holds that the definition of peiros is peiros hamechubar in the karka, obviously, but only when it grew in the rishus of the husband. And being that over here it grew in the rishus of the woman, so therefore at the end of the day we're going to look at it as Karen. I it's right now peiros hamechubar. Yeah, but where did it grow? It didn't grow in his rishus, so that's not the peiros nachsam look the chazal came with. Whereas the chachamim old, we look at not where it grew, but where it became talosh, where it was. Cut, where it was reaped, where it was harvested. And being that the Talisha happened in the Rishos of the husband, so that makes us view it as being Paris Nachsam Log, and it's for that reason he's going to get the Paris. Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon said the following A case where the husband has the upper hand when he enters the marriage, he has the lower hand when he leaves the marriage. Where he has the lesser hand 
on the way into the marriage, he's going to have the upper end on the way out. Okay, so what does this mean? Peres HaMechubar M'lekarka, as it relates to Peres HaMechubar M'lekarka, Bichnis also Shaloi. When they enter the marriage, meaning if there were any Peres HaMechubar M'lekarka on the next log, who's going to get it? He's going to be the one that's going to get it. Rav Shimon held like the Chachamim, that we go boss to the Shas Tlisha. I mean that the Tlisha is going to happen in his rituals because they were Mechubar at the time that they were not, it was not on the Chasim, so therefore it's going to belong to him. However, Rav Shimon, the Gemara will explain this on Ahmed Beis, be it but they, those same Peres that are Mechubar Karka, when he gives her a get, are going to belong to her. As it relates to the Paris that were Talush, if they were Talush at the time that they got married, it's going to belong to her. However, when the marriage is terminated, it's going to belong to him. Again, we'll explain this on Ahmed Beis. So the Allah is that Let's say she acquired Nechsamalog. What was the Nechsamalog? It was money. So what do you do with the money? You buy. Karka, you buy something with it that's Oysa Paris, she keeps the Karen, and the Baal's going to be Oichel Paris. Says the Gemara Pshito, that's Pashit, Ara Ubati. What happens if there's a dispute between the man and the woman? So she has Nachsamalog, we understand now, we have to buy something with it. Okay, the question is what to buy. He wants to buy property, Ara. She wants to buy Bati. She wants to buy houses, or vice versa. So the halach is Ara. You always buy Ara. And Rashi says there's two reasons. One reason is because land is more profitable. So whatever you can do with the land, the Paris are going to be worth more. And not just that, it doesn't depreciate as much as, as, much as a bias does. So therefore, if there's a dispute, it doesn't matter who said what. We're always going to buy Ara. We're not going to buy Bati. Bati vidikli. Let's say one wants to buy a bias. The other one wants to buy a Dekel. That's a a date tree, but you're going to buy a bias. Dikli v'ilni, you're going to buy a date tree versus a, a regular Elon. Dikli, you're going to buy the dekel. Ilni v'gufni, if it's a question of buying an Elon or buying a gefanim, buying a vineyard, ilni. So in terms of what you buy, you, what you buy the thing that's more profitable and as long as one of these two parties are saying, I want something that we know for a fact is more profitable than the other, that person is always going to have the upper hand. Another halacha. Abba zardasa upeira de kafri. So Abazardasa Rashi says is a yar, it's a forest, where the primary usage of this forest was to cut wood. Now Rashi says that a zardasa is a ilonoi shall uzradin, the certain, I think it's a type of apple that grows on this tree. The period wasn't so chashev. So really what people that own these types of trees would do is they, they saw that the value was really in the wood. The value wasn't in the fruit. So Abazardus is basically a forest where the primary function of the trees is not to be oisipeiros, but it's rather to have the wood. Peru de Kavri are chafiru shaldagin, Rashi says. This is a, a, a fish pond. The point is, as it relates to the wood in this forest or the fish in this pond? Do we look at the wood and the fish as being a peri or do we look at it as being peri. Some said you look at it as a peri. The wood that grows in this forest is the peri. The Baal's Eichel, the peri. It's all his. The fish that are in this pond are all the husbands. It's the peri. Some say you look at it as peri. Now, the svarah to say that you look at it as peri is obvious. The fruit of the fish pond are the fish. And the fruit of the forest are the wood. So what would be the Sfarish look at it as Karen? So says the Gemara, Klala, the Milsa, that's coming to explain the second side. Gizloi Machlef Peira, and Gizloi Machlef Karen. This is a very important Yisoyed in the Halachas of Nachsamalog. And that is, although it's true the husband gets to eat the Peris Nachsamalog, but that's 
only on the condition that when he takes the Paris Nachsamalog, he's not going to completely destroy the Nachsamalog. But in the event that he's going to destroy the Nachsamalog, then he doesn't get the Nachsamalog. So if it's Gizay Machlef, if when you take the husband, the Paris, the thing that you're taking is going to come back, it's going to regenerate. So then you have a schos in the Paris Nachsamalog. But if it's Ein Gizay Machlef, then in that instance, you don't have a schos in the Paris Nachsamalog. If a husband takes Paris, literally fruit that grows on a tree, so you take the fruit, next year, next season, there's going to be more fruit that's going to grow. It's Gizay Machlef. And because it's Gizay Machlef, so by you taking the Paris, you're not affecting the value in the Karen. That's when you get to take the Paris. However, a situation where you taking the Paris is going to impact the value of the Karen, in that instance, you don't get to take the Paris. You don't have a schos in Paris when it's in Gizay Machlef. And that's why there were those that held that the wood of the forest and the fish in the fish pond, you take the wood away, it's Engiz Machlef. Now, it is going to grow back, but it's not going to be on the same level as the Paris grow back. And we view it as an Engiz Machlef. And being that it's an Engiz Machlef, therefore the Allah is you're not entitled to it. What is it? It's Karen. So what do you do if it's Karen? It's Karen that's then Enois Paris. But if you look at the wood as Karen, it's Enois Paris, the fruit that grow on this wood we said is not Hasha fruit. So what do you do with it? What you do with it is you sell it. You take the money and you buy karka, something that is legitimately oyster pears. Amrab Zayr, Amrab Oishia, Amrab Yanit, Amrab Abba, Amrab Oishia, Amrab Yanit. I'm going to Vlad Behemus Molog. If somebody steals Vlad Behemus Molog, Mashalim Tashlum, Kefal Isha, you have to pay Kefal Isha. What is Vlad Behemus Molog? A woman had Nachs Molog. The Nachs Molog was a Behemoth. The Behemoth had a child. The child is the Vlad of the Behemus Molog. Who owns the Vlad, so the Gemara is going to discuss it now, but you would think at first glance, without peeking, the husband, it's Paris Nechsimolog. The Nechsimolog are the behemoths. The Vlad belongs to the husband, so the husband owns the Vlad behemoth Molog. Somebody stole the Vlad behemoth Molog. What's Talacha? If someone is a Ganev, you have to pay Kefal. You pay the Karen, but you also pay Kefal. You pay a fine. Who should get the Kefal? You would think, the man should get the Kefal. Why? Because he owned the Paris. So if he owned the Paris, he should get the Kefal. You want to know who gets the Kefal? The Isha is the one that gets the Kefal. Who is this halacha like? The Vlad of a Behemoth Moluk. So there was a Behemoth Moluk. The woman brought a Behemoth in as Nachsa Moluk. And now it had a child. It goes to the husband. Vlad Shifchas Moluk. If a woman brought a Shifcha into a marriage and the Shifcha had a child, the Isha, that belongs to the woman. The brother. The Ben Achiyoshi, the son of Yoshi's brother, said, Also, Vlad Shifchas Moluk, Vlad Behemus Moluk. No, I don't agree with you that there's no distinction between the Vlad of a Behemus Moluk and the Vlad of a Shifchas Moluk. Rather, Chazal treated the Vlad Shifchas Moluk like the Vlad Behemus Moluk. And just like the Vlad Behemus Moluk is regular Paris, Nachsam Moluk, belongs to the husband, so the Vlad Shifchas Moluk, the Vlad Shifchas Moluk, also is viewed as regular Paris, Nachsam Moluk, it too belongs to the husband. What do you see from here? Machloik is Chananyan the Chachamim. Whether the Vlad Shifchas Moluk goes to the husband or not. Of a Vlad Behemus Moluk, everybody holds goes to the husband. Hananya said Vlad Behemus Moluk, Lebal, Vlad Shifchas Moluk, Leisha. And Hananya said, no, it's the same. Also Vlad Shifchas Moluk, Vlad Behemus Moluk. But everybody holds 
that the vlad of a behemoth malog belongs to the husband. If it belongs to the husband, why are you paying careful to the isha? No, it could be going, going to everybody. It could be the chachamim, it could be chananya. Although it's true the chachamim gave the husband peris nachsamalog, but they only gave him peris nachsamalog. They didn't give him peris de peris nachsamalog. And the kefal is viewed as peris de peris. Why? Because he owns the peris nachsamalog. Now, because of this Paris Nachsamalog, all of a sudden he's getting double. Why? Because somebody stole, he's paying Knas. We view the Knas, the Kefal, as being Paris. But it's Paris that his Paris just gave. And Paris the Kinole Rabbanon, a Paris the Paris, Loita Kinole Rabbanon. We're going to get back to this later. So we just mentioned Bederich Agav, the Machloikis between Chananya and the Chachamim, and we're going to analyze it a little bit. Again, what was the Machloikis? The Chachamim said, Vlad Behemus Melug goes to the husband. Vlad Shifchas Melug goes to the Isha. Hananya said, no, it's one and the same. They both go to the husband. Now, what would be the Svara that Vlad Shifchas Melug should belong to the Isha? Like, why should she get it? It's classic Paris Nachsamalog. You would think the Shifcha is the Nachsamalog. Her child is the, the Peri. So you would think for sure that it should Go to the Isha. What would be the Tzad that should go to the husband? So the Gemara is about to say the Tzad is, because we just said on Amad Aleph, that the only time the husband gets to Paris is if he's not going to deplete the asset. Meaning he can't come at her expense. There's a Hashash that maybe the Shifcha is going to die. If the Shifcha dies and the, child, and the child goes to the husband, it means the husband will have gotten everything. And essentially him taking the Paris Nachsamalug would have caused her to lose everything. Because the Karen is really the Shifcha. But people die. And because the shifcha might die, so therefore there's a concern that him taking the vlad is going to end up being gairin, that she should have nothing. And we see in the sugya, in this world of, of peris nachsamalog, this is something that we're sensitive to. That has to be the only tzad. So based on that, the Gemara says like this, Bishlam elechananya, Bishlam elechananya, who's consistent. He says, side the vlad behemismon, inside the vlad shifcha, all goes to the husband, obviously he holds yinach hayish lamisa. And because he holds yinach hayish lamisa, so good, there's, there's nothing to worry about. Meaning, we're not hayish for that, so therefore it's regular peris nachsamalog, he's going to get el but according to the rabbanon, that said that the Vlad Shifchas Milog goes to the Isha, yet the Vlad Behemus Milog goes to the husband, Manav Shach, Ich Aishnilamisa. If the Aishnilamisa, and that's why the Vlad Shifchas Milog goes to the Isha, I feel the Vlad Behemus Milog Nami. Loy should also not go to the husband, meaning he should also go to the Isha. Iloich Aishnilamisa. And if they're not Aishnilamisa, and that's why the Vlad Behemus Melug goes to the husband. I feel the Vlad Shivchas Melug Nami. Then that should also go to the husband. So what's Pshat in this Shpal? So the Gemara says, Lo'olam chayish l'misa, chananya is chayish l'misa, v'shani behema de'ika oira. The reason, like we said, if you're chayish l'misa, the husband shouldn't get the Vlad is because she's going to be left with nothing. If the Shivcha dies, then the woman's going to have nothing because a dead Shivcha has no value. Asabana, there's nothing there. But if the behemoth dies, even though she won't have the behemoth with the Gansakanskai, but she'll have something. She'll have the ur. The ur has value. A dead animal has value. And because she'll still have something, even in a vela. So there will be some value there. And because there will be some value there, so by him taking the Vlad, it doesn't make us suddenly get paranoid that, oh, what happens if the behemoth dies and she'll have... No, it's not true, because even if the behemoth dies, she'll, she'll, she'll still have ur. And even though the ur, relative to the animal, is 
has very little value, but it's something, and because it's something, that's enough. We pass like Hananya that there's no difference between Vlad Behemus Malog, there's no difference between Vlad Shifchas Malog. Both cases, it ends up going to the husband. Even though Shmuel just said that, in the event that she gets divorced, she has a right to give her husband money, the Neutla son, and take back the Vlad. Because it's So ordinarily, if a husband took Paris Nachsamalog and now he divorced his wife, so whatever he took is his, it's Fafala, and she can't take it back. But here there's a Chiddush. The Chiddush is that she can buy it back. She has a right to buy it back at its value. But she could buy it back. Why? I don't want to sell it to you. The reason is, is because we look at it as Shvach Be Sevilla. The next mission is going to talk a little bit more about it. That there's this concept that a woman that inherits certain items. She has a schuss in it. If they have a, a sentimental value, it's an heirloom, it, it gives her a certain COVID that this came from her mishpacha. So then we're sensitive to the item and we allow her to find a way to keep it in her family. And in this case, when she's getting divorced, to take it back with her. So it's true, Shmuel Paskin, that he gets the vladis. But at the same time, at the time of Gerishin, if she wants to buy it back, at course, that's something she'd be allowed to do. What happens if she brought Nechzamalog? And the Nechzamalog was a goat. And a goat that was being used to milk, meaning it has value, you're milking it. Or a sheep that was used to shear wool. A tarnagoylis, which is used for its eggs. Or a dekel that peiris grow. He's allowed to eat it until the karen is consumed. Meaning, he can milk the goat, he can shear the wool, he can take all the eggs from this tarnagoylis, all the peiris from the dekel. Karen, you completely obliterate. You completely obliterate. What's the pshat? What's the pshat? I thought we just said that the husband can't take all the payrolls in the event that it's going to come at the expense of the underlying Karen. And it certainly sounds like that's what's happening. That is what's happening. And that's why Rav is saying this halach in Rav Nachman. That's the whole Chiddush of this case, right? Every case has its own Chiddush. That is the Chiddush of this case. You're technically depleting it. The reason is because there's always going to be a little something left over. Rashi goes through each one. Gabi Behema, you'll have the Ur. By the Tarnagoylis, you'll have the feathers. By the Dekel, even when there's no Paris anymore, you'll still have the wood. And being that something will be left, that something is enough to say that she would be left with something and the Baal can't take the Paris. So the Baal can't take the Paris when she's going to be left with nothing or something very, very, very little. But all these cases, Epis, she will be left with and therefore the Allah is the Baal is Eichel Paris. Amr Rav Nachman. Nachman said, I will look glima. Let's say she has Nechsem which is a, it's a beged. It's a, it's a shirt, something that he can wear. Peirahava, it, has payros. What's the payros? Michsi beva also. Adekalia. Yeah, wearing it is the payros. And he's allowed to wear it. And again, here's the chiddush. Adekalia. Until it becomes completely worn out where you can't even wear it anymore. I, if you can't wear it anymore, then didn't he just deplete it? Oh, even worn out begadim have some value. So the Gemara says, come on, who is this halacha like? It's Gihai Tana. The following time, the following time, the following time, the following and Melach is salt, choil is sand. Hareze peirois, that considered peirois, if there's a salt pit or some sand, it's considered peirois. Pirshal gofris, machfirishal tzrif. If you have a, a pit where they have different minerals, sulfur and aluminum, Ramey, I'm a Karen. Ramey says we view it as Karen. The Chacham, I'm And the Chachamim say that we view it as peirois. What do you see from here? You see that there was a machloikis tanoim. 
in terms of how sensitive you have to be when it comes to viewing things as Karen versus viewing things as, as Perez, based on whether we assume that as you take these things, we're going to deplete it or we're not going to de- deplete it. But the bottom line is, Rav Nachman's halacha of glima perahavi, and really Rav's halacha name Rav Nachman, that the is the chelva, the rochel, the gizasa, tanagelis, the beitzasa, the peiroisov, oichel v'hoilach, hachetich la'karen, it's really tolly in this machloikis tanam. Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon said in the Mishnah, makam sheyafa, so in the Mishnah, we had a discussion. is what happens if she brought karka into her marriage? And there were payrois that were mechubarim to this karka. What was the shiloh? The shiloh was, how do we view these payrois? Do we view these payrois as karen? Or do we, do we view them as payrois? If you view them as payrois, he's going to get it. Baal's always like, the payrois. If you view it as karen, it's hers. Now, these payrois are not oisa payrois. So what you would have to do is, you would have to sell it. You'd buy karka, something that really is oisa payrois. That was the discussion in the Mishnah. And it was a machloikis. The mayor said, we view it as karen. The chomib say, we view it as... Paris. We said, what's the machloikis? Remeir says that when a Paris hamechubarim, the karka considered Paris, when it grew in the Rishos of the husband, here it grew, before it came into the Rishos of the husband. The Chalim say, we don't look at when it grew, but we look at when you would tailish it. And being that you would tailish it in the Rishos of the husband, so here too, we can view it as if it's in the Rishos of the husband. And then Rav Shimon said something very cryptic. He said, Makam shiyofa koicha bechnisasa, huru koicha b'yitziyasa. Makam shuru koicha bechnisasa, yofa koicha b'yitziyasa. Anything that he has the benefit from. It's, he has muschusim on the way into the marriage. He epis- loses on the way out. And when he loses on the way in, he benefits on the way out. And there Rabbi Shimon explained. He said, Ketzad, Peris HaMechubar on the Karka. If you have Peris HaMechubar on the Karka, Mamish, this case remained the Chavim Diskaz. Bichni Sasa, on the way into the marriage, Shaloi. It's going to belong to him. Meaning, like the Chachamim, we're going to view it as Peris. Ubi Itziyasa, but on the way out, Shaloi, she would take any Peris HaMechubar on the Karka. If it was Talush, then everyone held. On the way in, we view it as being Karen. But on the way out, it's going to belong to him. So really, as it relates to the dispute, the Machloizin remained the Chachamen, what Rav Shimon Paskin? He passed like the Chachamen, that we view it as Paris. It belongs to him. So the Gemara asked Rav Shimon, Isn't Rav Shimon the Tanakhamen? He's the Chachamen. Amarava, Rava said, No, there is an Afkamina. You know what an Afkamina is? The second part of Rav Shemin. As it relates to the Yafa Koichoi Bechnisasa, he's the Shittas HaChachamim. He's the Chachamim that hold that Peres HaMechubar on the Karka belongs to him. You know Rav Shemin's argument to Chachamim? On the second thing. What happens if when he gave her a get, there were Peres HaMechubar on the Karka? She now takes her Nechsam when they get divorced. What about the Peres? Who's going to get those Peres? Chachamim never said a word about it. Rav Shemin said, Makam she Yafa Koichoi Bechnisasa, Hura Koichoi Bechnisasa. What does Hura Koich B'Yetziyasa mean? She's going to get it. He has the lesser hand. So if there's any Paris that I'm a chubber, she's going to get it. It's there that the Chachamim argue, and the Chachamim hold that if this Paris I'm a chubber, I'm on the way out, he's going to get that as well. So that it's Yofa Koich HaYisaybech Nisasa and Tznai B'Yetziyasa. So let's just try to understand it for a second. Rav Shimon makes a lot of sense. What's Rav Shimon saying? Rav Shimon saying that Mokam Shiyofa Koich Nisasa. If this Paris I'm a chubber, I'm on the way in, he keeps it. Why does he keep it? Because what determines whether it's Paris Nachsamalug or not? The Talisha, like we spoke out five times, right? That's what matters. So if what matters is the Talisha, oh, the Talisha happened to my Rishos. So what happens if it's, the, it's still attached by the time you gave a get? Then the Talisha is going to happen in her Rishos. Oh, so if the Talisha happens in her Rishos, she's going to keep it. Because what dictates this halacha is where the Talisha was. The Chachamim are saying a Chiddush. The Chachamim are being Chiddush on the last piece. Yofa Koicha Saibich Nisasa Saibich 
if it was detached in his rishos, he keeps it. But if it's attached on the way out, so now it's detached in her rishos, he also keeps it. You go bust with the Talisha, then he should only keep it on the way in. And if you hold like Rameyer, that you go bust and we're a guru, then why is it Yafa Koychei Bechnisasa? So what's Pashem Shana and the Chachamim? Pashem Shana and the Chachamim is they hold that the husband always gets the upper hand. Meaning, he needs to check off one of two boxes. Either it grew in his Rishos, or it, the Talisha was in his Rishos. Yafa Koychei Bechnisasa, because then the Talisha was in his Rishos. And Yafa Koychei Bechnisasa, because then it grew in his Rishos. So really, there's three Shittas in the Mishnah. Pashem Shana in the Mishnah. We're learning Mishnahis. There's three Shittas in the Mishnah. Rameyah Shittah is that we look at where it grew. So if it came into the marriage, it was not law. When it was mechubarin, it's not peiros, it's karen. She gets all the advantages of it. You're right, you have to sell it and figure out a way to make it be oisa peiros, but the she owns it. Rav Shimon says, you go bust at the talisha. You always look at the talisha. So if you look at the talisha, where was the talisha? In his rishos, he keeps it. In her rishos, she's going to keep it. The Chachamim say that you look at either the talisha or where it grew, always to his benefit. So big knisasa, where the talisha was in his rishos, we look at it as Paris. And be it siyasa, where it grew in his rishos, we're also going to look at it as Paris. Just one more Mishnah. In the event that she got, in the next look, we're either avadim or shvachas. So the Allah is, if they're older, the husband can force her to sell it. to buy He's going to get the pears. So if you have an old evidence and an old shifcha, it can't really do a lot of work. So the husband can tell that this is not a nechassim that's oisa pears. So what do you do with nechassim that's ain't oisa pears? You sell it and you buy nechassim that's oisa pears. Reb Shimon Gamliel, Reb Shimon Gamliel says like you can't force her to sell. Like we saw earlier, because she could say this is very chashiv. This is my family's evidence shifcha. It's been with us for generations, and as a result. You can't force me to sell. What happens if she got olive trees or vineyards? Again, they're old. So the husband has a tiny. He says, they're old. They're not going to produce. You sell it. Yehuda says, here it's not Rosh Hashanah. Here it's Rabbi Yehuda. Don't sell it. Or at the very least, you can't force her to sell it. Because she could always say, it's Shvach Beisavir. So we have a Machloikis over here in the ratio regarding Abadim and Shvachis. In the safe regarding Zaysim and but there's an element of shvach beisavir. Can he force her to sell it because it's not oisa peris, or could he not force her to sell it in the event that it's not oisa peris? Amrav Kana Mara Machloikis. The whole Machloikis, specifically regarding the safe, zeisam ukfanim, is shenaflu b'sadah shalah. It's where it fell in her sadah. Meaning she didn't just yarshin zeisam ukfanim; she yarshin the field that had zeisam ukfanim. That's where you have the Allah of Shach Beisavir. If she doesn't own the field, all she owns is the tree. Everybody can force her to sell it. Because at some point, this tree is going to die. And at that point, she's going to have nothing. And because she's going to have nothing, the way Rashi explains it, it's not considered Shach Beisavir. Her whole schos to block the sale is Shach Beisavir. The only time it's Shach Beisavir is if it's going to have some staying power. If she owns the underlying field, so yeah, it's always going to be here. But if all she has is a tree, it's not real shvach beis avir. Maskele Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, ask the kasha. See, tell me, there's no svar of shvach beis avir. If you have a nechassin that may not be here tomorrow, harei avodim ushvachis. The whole ratio of the mishnah, the chisada shein eshalai dami. It's like a sada shein eshalai, right? Because the evidence of the shifcha is not attached to ground. So when the evidence of the shifcha dies, there's going to be nothing. Upligi, yeah, it wasn't Rabbi Yehuda, but it was Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. You had the same sugya over here. We're we're talking about shvach. So the Gemara says, you're right. Clearly there is Shvach Beisavir, even where you have something that is not attached to anything. So what then 
did Rav Kano Marab mean to say? He must have meant Fakert. Just the opposite. The Machloikis, where it's a debate, is where it's a Sadashen Shalah. If it's a Shalah, it's a Shalah. That's not what the Mishnah is talking about. Because in that case, everyone agrees, you can't force it to sell. Meaning, if it's a Sada, that's hers, everybody agrees with the Svar. So the Svar is Shvach Beisavir, and the final analysis, everybody agrees with. I, the Mishnah seems to have a Machloikis, whether we do say Shvach Beisavir, we don't say Shvach Beisavir. No, the Mishnah is talking about with the Sada Zayn Shalah. In the case of Avodah Meshvachas, there is no Sada. In that specific case, we have a Machloikis. But as it relates to the concept of Shvach Beisavir, there really is no Machloikis. Everybody's going to agree that there is such a Svar, and when there's such a Svar, the husband can't force his wife to go and to sell the Nechassim. So, we don't have that much time. So we'll have to spread this raid out a little bit over at least two raid bites. But I think it's Kedai to go back to the beginning of the daf and discuss the Takonas Usha. Now, just being mocked him, it's not an easy noise. But then again, Ksubis is not easy and Peruka Isha Shanaflu is certainly not easy. So it's not that we're complicating it, it's just a, a complicated noise. But I think it's Kedai to get, because really this Takana Susha comes up in many places in Shas, and as we're about to see, it actually ties in to one of the biggest Sugis in Shas. So again, let's just hazard over what the Takana Susha was. In Usha, the Sanhedrin made a Takana. A woman that sells her while her husband is alive, and then she died, the husband can go to the Lekuchais and the husband can tell the Lekeach that I understand you bought this field from my wife, but my wife died, and as a result, I'm now the Yoresh of that field, and as a result, what you bought really is not supposed to be yours, and I'm taking it away from you. This is something that in Usha, they made a takana, a husband should be able to do. And the Gemara clarified that really, takana susha had nothing to do with our Mishnah. Meaning, our Mishnah that discussed a woman selling nachsamalog, could the husband, yeah, be moitzimiyad alakuchis, not be moitzimiyad alakuchis. In the case where she yarshined it after Nesuin, the halach is that the Baal could be Meitzmiyad al-Kuchis, but that has nothing to do with the case of Usha. Because over there, the husband's being Meitzmiyad al-Kuchis, the Peiros. That's what he's taking. He's saying, my wife doesn't own the Peiros. So if she doesn't own the Peiros, she never had a right to sell this. Usha's Takana was a much bigger Chiddush. They said that the husband can take the Karka, even though really the Karka was hers. And if it was hers, you would think it was hers to sell. Now, not hers to sell as it relates to the Peres go, but hers to sell as it relates to the Karka goes. Stating that, the Chachamim still said that when she dies, let's explain this a little bit better. Again, Pashibshat. And that is, a woman was Nafla Nechassin Mishin And then she sold it. So what's the halacha? There's no confusion. Eilu ve'elu moidim. That was the fifth, it was the easiest of the five cases. Everybody agrees that the halach is that the Baal could be moitzi miyat halakuchas. What does that mean? It means the husband can say that I own the Paris and as a result, my wife had no right to sell it. What about the gufa karka that the wife does own? Is that sold or is that not sold? The answer is that is sold. 
That's what you would think. The Baal Moitzimiyad Alakucha is because he has a schos in the Paris. Okay, so you could be Moitzi, whatever schos you had when your wife owned it. And when she owned it, you had the Paris. So now that she sold it, your wife is going to have the Paris. Meaning, Eluv Elu Moidim, that she can't sell it to somehow make him lose his schos. At the end of the day, as a Shutif. And because he's a Shutif, she, should, she can't just go ahead and sell it. So about Moitz Miyad Al means the Paris. But what about the Gufa Karka? Who owns the Gufa Karka? I can hear that the Lekech owns it. Why did she not have a right to sell it? Because he owns the Paris and Harami. Whatever he owns, she didn't sell. If you have two Shutvin, could one Shutif sell his Chalik? Chayra, why not? I mean, unless they agreed that they wouldn't sell it without each other's consent, why can't the Shutif sell it? So here too, she could sell the Gufa Karka. There's no reason not. Now, what's the practical ramification of that sale? Not very much, because right now, the value of the karka is in the Paris, and the Baal is being like Paris. But I'll tell you where it's Nagaya. It's Nagaya if she gets divorced. It's Nagaya if he dies. So now, all of a sudden, the Mecher will be Chal. right? That's what you would think. So, really, the halacha of the Mishnah that says, if you think about it, doesn't have to mean that the sale wasn't a sale. All it means is that the woman's sale didn't have the ability to circumvent the Baal's Chosperis. And as a result, the Baal will still be a Paris, which means that whatever she sells it for, the price will probably be reflective of the fact that the buyer is not really eating the Paris. But at the very least, the sale's a sale. There's no reason to learn the Mishnah otherwise. So that in the event that he dies or he gives her a get, so that now he's added a picture, you would say, okay, now I own the Guf, there's no one blocking my Schus Paris anymore, and as a result, I'm going to own the Paris, it's going to be his. That's the way it would be. Enters Takonas Usha. Takonas Usha comes, and Takonas Usha says, that when a woman sells the Guf of the Karka, even though it's true that the Guf of the Karka should be considered sold, even when it was sold by it should be sold. There's no reason to say that it wasn't sold. And that in the event that he, the husband dies or gives her a get, at that point, the Lekech is going to own everything mit the Paris. But if first she dies and then he dies, then there's a special takana that the husband's able to go and the husband's able to be moitzimiyad alakuchas. And the reason is, the lumdis is we look at the husband as if he's a Lekech Rishon, not simply a Yairish. So the husband's going to say, you bought something that belonged to me. What? It's Takana Zusha. Why they made this Takana, that we're not getting into now. But that's what the Sanhedrin and Usha deemed was a very appropriate thing to do. And this was the Takana that they made. So just with that The Mishnah says that if a woman would sell her Nechsimaluk when she acquired it after Nesuin, but just means the Paris. But Abada, the Guf would be sold. So that if he dies or he gives her a get, so now shh, there is no schos Paris anymore. So at that point, for sure, the Lekech would have everything. Stating that, if first she died, and then he died, so then the Allah is that the Baal will be able to take this Gufa Karka away from the Lekuchais. And the reason is because we look at him as a Lekech Rishon. Toysfis, in at least three places in Chas, Subastaf Nun Amad Aleph, Yevom is daf lamed vav amed beis, and bavakamra daf peiches amed beis. Asks a bumbakasha, 
and says that l'chayre, at first glance, my muscharishin is that this takana of Usha should be talui in one of the biggest machloikis and in shas. A machloikis between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, whether Kenyan Paris is kikinyan aguftami, or whether Kenyan Paris is not kikinyan haguftami. Now, this machloikis between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish is a big machloikis. Every machloikis Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, you know, we're dealing with dvar ma'im debruma shalayla. This machloikis befrat, we know comes up in many places in Chas, but befrat befrat, this is a unique machloikis, because this is actually one of the three places in Shas where we pass in like Rishlokish, not like Rabbi Yechonah. So the Gemara in Perak HaChoyleitz, that sugya Yevomis Taflamidvav, the sugya of Chalitzas Mubaris, that's another one of the three places where we pass in like Rishlokish, not like Rabbi Yechonah. And the Gemara says, wherever there's a machloikis, Rabbi Yechonah, Rishlokish, Allah, Yechonah, Lebarmi, class. And the third example that the Gemara gives is this machloikis, the machloikis of Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agof, or Kenyan Paris, Lafka, Kenyan Agof. So what exactly was the machloikis of Kenyan Paris? And it really begins with a Mishnah, a Mishnah in Perikesh Noichlin, in Mesechtes Bava Basra, Dav Kuf Lamid Vav Amidalf. It's the safe of the Mishnah. A man gave over all his Nechasim to his son. But he told his son, he wrote it in the Shtar, that I'm giving you everything, I want you to be my sole Yorish. However, as long as I'm alive, I want to be able to benefit from my Nechasim. But, he says, at that point, it's going to be yours. If you think about it, he just gave over the guf of his nechassim to his son, but the payrois, meaning the value, the income, as we've been learning throughout the sugis, that's what's going to belong to him. Says the Mishnah, because the father can't sell because he gave it over to his son. And being that his son has these nechassim, so for that reason, the father can't sell it. He doesn't own the guf. The son also can't sell it. Why? Because the Paris belongs to the father. Meaning, that's shutfin now. And because that's shutfin, no shutfin is allowed to sell. The father can't sell because the son owns the guf. The son can't sell because the father owns the Paris. Says the Mishnah, Macharov. Let's say the father does sell. Did nothing happen? No. Mechurin, Achayamus. It will be considered sold. But only actually, meaning as long as the father is alive and he has the Kenyan payrolls, so whatever he sells will be sold. Meaning the buyer bought whatever the seller was able to sell, which is the schus payrolls. Instead of the father having the schus payrolls, now the lekeich is going to have the schus payrolls. Let's say the son who only owns the guf doesn't own the payrolls, he sold. The lekeich is going to have nothing. Until the father dies. What does it mean? He'll own the guf, but the guf is nothing because. Its value is really in the Paris that it produces. I mean that the father has the Paris. So father gave over his nechassim to his son, but he told him very clearly, only which in English means, you own the underlying nechassim, they're all written in your name, but at the same time, there's a major carve-out that says, all the payers, all the income that's generated, that's all going to go to the father. In the vernacular of the Talmud, he owns the guf, the son, and the father owns the payers. So none of them could sell it outright, because each one is, has a shutif over here. But at the same time, if they do sell, epis is going to happen. So if the father sells, so as long as the father's alive, the king of Paris is going to belong to the Likeach, the person that bought it from the father. If the son sells, nothing happens now because he doesn't own any Paris. So there's really no practical ramification. Whoever bought the underlying asset bought the underlying asset. So where's the Negeah? That once the father dies, at that point, the father is going going to be able to take it. This case is the backdrop to the Machloikis Rabbi Yechem Rishlakish. It's not the case of Rabbi Yechem, it's the Mishnah. 
is not arguing in a case of the Mishnah. The Mishnah already discussed the halach of the Mishnah. But Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish's case is a spin-off. It's a derivative. It's the case of the Mishnah adding one kinech. And that's where Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish argued and that is itmar machar haben What would happen in this case where the father wrote over his nechasim to his son? So the son owns the guf and the father owns the paris, and then the son sold bechayyav. What's the when the son sells bechayyav? The is that bechayyav nothing happens. However, when the father dies, so now the father's kinyu paris is added a picture. Now it's his. At that point, it's machar to the loikeach. Okay, what happened? Umeis haben bechayyav, and then the son died. While the father was still alive. And then the father died. So it's one knech different than the case of the Mishnah. This case is paramount. And that is the son died after he sold, but before the father died. Does the fact that the son died before the father died make any difference or does it not make any difference? said It makes a very big difference. In this case, the loikeach gets nothing. So that when the son sold, had the son been alive and then the father would have died, the Lekech would have gotten everything. But where the son sold and then the son died and then the father died, the fact that the son is not alive anymore, that makes the whole difference. And Lekech, 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 Lekech said, no, the Lekech is, is going to be kind of. Now if you think about it for a second, you would think Lekech is... Svara is more mistaber. We grab the paskin that way. But you would think for sure it's more mistaber. Why is it more mistaber? What difference does it make if the son died or not? The son set this machine in motion while he was alive. When the son was alive, he sold to the Lekeach. Now, grad that there was something blocking the sale. What was blocking the sale? The fact that his father was alive and his father had to pay us. Okay, so now the father died. The fact that the son died in the interim, who cares? It's neither here nor there. Lekeach is a shtar. What, what difference does it make? He bought it 10 years ago. At that time, the son was alive. He had a right to sell it. He sold it to him. It was rather contingent upon something happening. It played itself out. Why do you need the son to be alive? So at first glance, it's our Rabbi Yechon on the Haviraya. Talk to Gemara. Rabbi Yechon, I'm like, Kanalei Keach. Rabbi Yechon, I'm like, Kanalei Keach. You know why? Because Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Aguftami. Rishlok Yeshama, Kanalei Keach. Rishlok says, Kanalei Keach is Kaino, because Kenyan Paris is Lavka Kenyan Aguftami. Rabbi Yechon holds. That any time you have shutfin, where one person owns the Paris and the other person owns the guf, Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Aguf Dami. The real Kenyan is the one that owns the Paris. Kenyan Aguf Dami sounds like it's almost secondary, right? Ki'ilu. Now, Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguf Dami means the Iker Kenyan is the one that owns the Paris. And because the Iker Kenyan is the one that owns the Paris, Zotrab Yoichanon, when a son sells the Nechassin and his father is still alive, being that his father has the Kenyan Paris, and he's the Iker, because Kenya Paris is Kenya Nakuftami. So what emerges is, is that the son really didn't have a right to sell anything. I, the Mishnah says that when the father dies, everything goes to the Lekeach. The way it works mechanically, the way it works along this is, is that when the father dies, that's when the Mecher happens. But the Mecher can't happen until the father dies. You know why? Because even though the child has Epis, he has a Kenya Naguf, a Kenya Paris is the Kenya Naguf. So really, it's as if he has nothing. And if he has nothing, he can't sell. The only thing he could do is, he could do a ma'isa kinyan, that it's going to be chal. But that the mechira be'etzim should happen now, it's just waiting of this contingency to see what happens with the father. He doesn't have a right to do that. Because all he has is a kinyan agof. The problem is, the father has the kinyan parents, which is kinyan agof. So essentially, he doesn't even have the kinyan agof properly. And therefore, he can't even sell it.
So if the son is alive at the time that the father dies, so right now the mechir is happening. But if the son was dead at the time that the father died, so there's no mechir taking place. You can't buy something from someone that's not alive. So that's the difference. If the son is alive, so the mechir is happening then. If, if the son is not alive anymore, there's no mechir that can take place. No, don't make such a big deal about Kenya Paris. Kenya Paris are Kenyans. One has the Kenyan Aguf, the other has the Kenyan Paris. But because one has the Kenyan Paris, it doesn't mean that the one that has the Kenyan Aguf has nothing. So Avadi has something. So if the son sells, Al-Kopanim, Al-Mechira took place. Now, the Mechira is only going to be Chal in a practical sense as it relates to the Peris component, Shabai, after the father dies. But whatever the son had, now he was able to sell. He could sell something. And he can sell right now the Guf. And being that he can sell the goof, so the fact that the son's going to end up dying later in this story, and he won't be alive at the time that his father dies, who cares? He sold it already while he was alive. Rabbi Yechonot's Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Aguf Tami. So the Kenyan Aguf that the son has is not a proper Kenyan Aguf. If it's not a proper Kenyan Aguf, so therefore the son can't sell while he's alive. And the whole Allah of the Mishnah that if the son sells and then the father dies, everything is machar, it's because it's playing out at the time that the father dies. So you would need the son to be alive at that point. That's why Rabbi Yechonot said, machar ben of. Umesa ben Bechayev. The Allah is like Kano Because if the son died Bechayev, even though the father died later, but there's nothing to be Chal later if the son is not alive. Rishlokishol's Kenyan Paris is Lavke Kenyan Aguf Dami. So it's true the father has a Kenyan Paris, but it's not the Kenyan Aguf. The son has the Kenyan Aguf. So if he has the Kenyan Aguf, he does have the ability to sell. If he has the ability to sell, the reason when the son sells, everything goes into effect. Not just the Kenyan Aguf, but even the Kenyan Paris, after the father dies, it's because the Kenyan Aguf was already sold with a schos that the Paris were going to then come as soon as the father dies, but the Mechira already took place while he was alive. And because the Mechira already took place while he was alive, so it's for that reason, Rish Lakish says, even if the son dies, it's neither here nor there. But the bottom line is we have a Machlokis, Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan holds Kenyan Paris as Kenyan Aguf. Rish Lakish holds Kenyan Paris as Lavke Kenyan Aguf. And the way it's Mavur, I mean, again, this is a very hard sugya, but the way it, it, it comes out in Pashib Shah, in Perikesh Noichlin above Abbasar Kuflam which is exhibit A for this sugya, is Rabbi Yochanan holds that the person that owns the Kenyan Paris has the real Kenyan. Ad Kidei Kach, here's the punchline. That if you own the Kenyan Aguf and you don't own the Kenyan Paris, you can't sell. You cannot sell your Guf. You can't sell the Kenyan Aguf. I, what do you mean? I own the Kenyan Aguf. He just owns the Kenyan Paris. Yeah, but Kenyan Paris is the Kenyan Aguf, Tommy. So the one that has the Paris is as if he has the Kenyan Aguf. So you can't even sell the, the Kenyan Aguf. Whereas Rish Lakish holds Kenyan Paris as Lafke Kenyan Aguf, Tommy. And because he holds Kenyan Paris, Lafke Kenyan Aguf, Tommy. Although it's passionate, the one that has a Kenyan Aguf can't sell the Kenyan Paris, oh, but the Kenyan Aguf he could sell. And he could sell it so much so that when the Paris belonged to him, that would also go into effect. And the Nafkamina, the classic Nafkamina, is, is where the son sold it, and then he died. He wasn't alive at the time that the father died. If the Mechiru was already Chal, because Kenyan Paris left the Kenyan Aguf, that makes no difference. If the Kenyan Paris became Kenyan Aguf Tami, so the son was never able to sell anything, if he's not alive at the time that the Mechira needs to go into effect, there's no way for the Mechira to go into effect. This was a long-winded introduction to what will now be a very simple kasha. Throughout Shas, he says, And then she dies. 
And this was a special takona that they made in Usha. Meaning, before Usha, when the Sanhedrin was in Yavna, or the Sanhedrin was in the Lishkat Agazis in Yerushalayim Irakoyish, at that point there was no such halach. Meaning, at that point, the halacha was, and then she died, the Baal couldn't be Moitzmiyad Alakuchais. When was it Nishadish that the Baal can go and take it away from the Lakuchais? That halacha was all Nishadish in Usha. It was a special takana. But before takana Susha, based on the rules and regulations above a Kamo, above a Metziah, above a Basra, and Chashim Mishvat, the Baal can't take anything from the Lukuchas. She had a right to sell her Kinyanago. Every Nechzimalog is Lukhaira Sugi of Kinyan Paris Kinyanagov. Why? Because she owns the Gov and the husband owns the Paris. Now we have a Machlaikis Rabbi Yechen Rish Lakish and Shas. Whether Kinyan Paris is Kinyanagov Dami or whether Kinyan Paris is Lav Kinyanagov Dami. Rabbi Yechen holds Kinyan Paris is Kinyanagov Dami. We just went through the sugi and Baba Basra. What does it mean, Pashipsha, that King of Paris is Kinyan Aguf Dami? It means that the person that owns the Guf can't sell the Guf. Why? Because the King of Paris is Dr. Iker. It's Freyk Taisakasha. Ha'isha Shemachrub and Echsig Maluk is Mamish the son that sold the Nechassim in the case in Perikesh Neuchen. What happens when the son dies? What did Rabbi Yechanan say? It's all bottle of a bottle. Because when you sold, you had no right to sell anything. I, what do you mean? I own the gulf. I could sell the gulf. Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguf, Dami. The one that owns the Paris owns the gulf. And therefore, you really have nothing in Allah. So if you couldn't sell it, so it's partial to Mechira's bottle. So that, why do I need Takana Sushafrek Toysis? That the Baal should be able to be Moitzmi Adala Kuchos. Even without Takana Susha, the Baal would be able to be because it would have never been Cha. Now, in the event that the husband would have died, the husband would have given her a get Pesedah, then the Mechira could be Cha. But, but that means it's going to be Cha then. But being there, Rabbi Yechonot, Kinyan Peres, Kinyan Agoftami, that it has to be Cha then, but it can't be Cha Achshav, why not? Because the one that has the Kinyan Peres, he's the real owner of the Kinyan Agof. And therefore, it can't be chal now. So in the event that she dies, which is Rabbi Yochanan's case, the mechira should be bottle of avotol, and the Baal should be able to be moitzmi yad al kuchos. So Frey Toisves, I don't understand why, according to Rabbi Yochanan, you need a takana sush. Meaning, bishlav, going to reish lakish. That can your parents just arki can you not goft on me? So that or ishna shemachra, or the son that sells and dies, and then the father dies. The halacha is that the mechira was chal. Okay, very good. It's a chiddush that the Baal's moitz miyad al But according to Rabbi Yochanan, it was never chal. Because Kenya Paris is Kenya Nagov Dami. So if it was never chal, why do you have to come on to Takana Susha? It says Toysfis in Ksubestaf Nunamad Aleph and in Yavam Islamid Vav and above a Kamal Peches that you have to say Pashib Shat, the Sugi of Takana Susha was going according to Reish Lakish. Wasn't going according to Rabbi Yochanan. And it just so happens that we passed to like Rish Lakish in this rare case. So it's Mold Matim, it's very Gishmak, and it's very, very beautiful that this is the way it works. But this is, he's a short Taisvism, by the way. If you look at all these Taisvism, that's short Taisvism. The Mamish, read Taisvism Lashem. Aliba de Rabbi Yochanan, the Amar Kinyan Peres, Kinyan Aguf Tami, like Srichal de Takana Susha. Elo de Rish Lakish. Aliba de Rish Lakish, Masa Glob Perka Chaival. It's the Gansa Maisa. It meant all of this. The point is that according to Rabbi Yochan, the Kenya Paris, the Kenya Naguf told me, anyway, she wouldn't have a right to sell it. Meaning the Mechir wouldn't be chalsa, that if she dies, it's Pasha that the Baal would be able to be Moitzimiyad al But just to end, 
and really start with one R, and that is Rameya Simcha in Orsameach. And this is talked away. It's in Hilchas Reitzeach. It's Perik Beis, Halacha Tezvav. So he brings Toysvitz Grace Akasha throughout Shas. Toysvitz asks this Kasha, Rameya Simcha says, Bekula Talmuda. And Rameya Simcha says that the Linera, that there's a fundamental difference between the Machlokes Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish regarding Kenyan Paris Kenyan Agov, and the idea that a Baal is Oichel, the Paris of Nechsem Melok. And that is, every Kenyan Paris Kenyan Agov, Tommy, the one that owns the Paris doesn't just own the Paris. He has a Chalik of the Guf as it relates to the Paris. So when you have a Shutfes, one person owns the Guf, the other person owns the Paris. So the one that owns the Guf is self-explanatory. He owns the Guf. The one that owns the Paris, Pshadis, he just owns the Paris, he has nothing in the Guf, or he has a chalik of the guf. So Rameh Simcha said, it has to be he owns a chalik of the guf. Why? Because if he doesn't have a chalik of the guf, what does he have? Then he has nothing. You can't own something that doesn't exist. You can't have a Kenyan in a zach that's loy bala So what does it mean? I don't own the karka, but all the fruit that's going to grow for the next hundred years, I own. It's not ba'olam. You can't own it. So what do you, what do you have? In Lamdis, you have to own something now. What do I have today? I don't have anything. I have what's going to grow in a year from now. I can't have that today. You can't have a king and it's only doesn't exist. So in Bankarchach, I have a chalik of the guf. It has to be. In math, there's no other way to make this work. In physics, there's no other way to make this work. So Bankarchach, what I own is, is I own the actual, the terrace was shutfin in the karka. You own the karka for the guf. I own the character for the Paris. By the way, you have to, I think, go through more hoops to explain the person that owns the Kenyan Agof than you do to explain the person that owns the Kenyan Paris. But the point is, is that we should fit in the Guf. The person that has the Kenyan Paris has a Kenyan Paris in the Guf. Said Ramea Simcha, and he buys this with pages. And that is, that even though Chazal said that a husband's Eichel Paris Nachsimalog, Chazal never gave the husband an actual shutfis in the Guf. They never gave that to him. All they gave him was, is a schus to eat the Paris. But they never gave him ownership in the actual guf. Regular Kenya Paris, the Kenya guf, the one that has the Kenya Paris, has in the guf. But when it comes to the Baal's din, that he gets Paris, they never actually gave him something in the, in the, in the guf akarka. So Rameh Simcha says, one second, before we even get excited, you know, how's that possible? I just told you, you can't have a Kenyan in something that doesn't exist. So just like every Kenyan Paris, means that you have in the Gulf. So if the husband has a Schus Paris, you see he has a Schus Paris in the Sugis of Perak, with major halachas and ramifications. So he has to have something in something. So this is where Rameir Simcha is always Rameir Simcha. He said, Pshad is, because it's a Gemara, and also in Perak, if we can't go through this properly now, but the Gemara there is discussing Ksubas Benin Dichren. Right, we know Ksubas Benin Dichren is, that if a man yarshins his wife, the Nadunya, and then he dies, so the halach is, is that when his sons yarshin him, even if he had sons from different wives, but the sons that he had from the wife who's Nadunya, he yarshin, they're the ones that are going to ultimately get the Nadunya. And the Gemara has a problem how that works. The Gemara asks, Based on the rules of there should be no cheshven of how Ksubas Menendichon works. We just need one line. It says, the Gemara, When it comes to a Tanai Bezdin, there is no problem of even though it's true in ordinary but Bezdin has a right to give something to someone, 
even if it's loy bala oilam. Bezdin could be machadish a kinyan in loy bala oilam. Sinramea Simcha said that kinyan peris always means you have a kinyan in the guf. But as it relates to the husband, he has nothing in the guf. I, how's it possible? How could I have a kinyan in peris if I don't have anything in the guf of peris? So what do I have a kinyan in? In the loy bala oilam? says, take a look at Perkin Shnoichlin, Baba Basar Kuflamad Aleph, that there's a musnig of. A person, when it's a Tanai Bezdin, there's no rule of Eina Damak Nadavash Oilam. And essentially, what the husband has is he has a Kenyan in the Paris that will Loibal Oilam. That's from Yasuf Khazlashan. He has a Kenyan in the Paris that will Loibal Oilam based on that Gemara. That when it's a Tanai Bezdin, this is something you can do. But the point Ramey Yasuf said, and this is what we'll end with, is that there's a fundamental difference between the Kenyan Paris of every Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agov, versus the Kenyan Paris that the husband has, Balbe. This that there's a sheet of Rabbi Yochanan that holds that Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Aguf, dummy. That's only when the Kenyan Paris that you have is in the Guf. So I have a Kenyan in the Guf for the Paris. You have a Kenyan in the Guf for whatever. My Kenyan. Haguf is better than your Kenyan Aguf. So Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguf, you can't even sell your Guf for whatever you want to sell it for. But that's only true where you talk have a Kenyan in the Guf. But Baal Benichse Ishtoi doesn't have a Kenyan in the Guf. He has nothing in the Guf. What does he have a Kenyan in? He has a Kenyan in the Paris. We'll have to be Magda this better in the next raid by. But all he has for now is a Kenyan in the Paris. And because all he has is a Kenyan in the Paris, he has nothing in the Guf. A Kenyan Paris that's not in the Guf is not a Guf dummy. Kenyan Paris, a Kenyan a Guf is when the Kenyan is in the Guf. But if the Kenyan Paris is Lahedian Nisht in the Guf, so that can't be Kenyan dummy. And being that that's not Kenyan a Guf, it's Pashit, there's no Rabbi Yochanan. So that even according to Rabbi Yochanan, if the woman would want to sell her nechzamalog, it's pasha the mechira would be a good mechira. And if she would die, there's no reason the Baal should be able to be moitz miyad al-lekuchas. What's he going to say? Ich ben doch the Kenyan Paris. And Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguftam, you had no right to go ahead and sell? No, your Kenyan Paris, even though it is a Kenyan Paris, is not a Kenyan Aguftam. And therefore the halacha is that it had to come on to the Takana Susha, Shabal moitz miyad al-lekuchas. One more punchline. And that is, there are many, but just one more punchline. And that is, that the emiss is, if you look around Shas a little bit, you'll see that there are places where the Gemara Shteltzu, Takanas Usha, Tekinyan Peres, Kekinyan Agofdami. And he says, L'chair, it knocks out everything I'm saying. Knocks out everything I'm saying. Okay, that's probably where Taisus was coming from. Taisus had asked the Kachi, Shteltzu the Sugi, because he knew all the Gemaras. Taisus says, look at Perek right? These are Mefurish Sugis. So Rameh Simcha said, Nifla. He said, all those Sugis that you're going to find, where the Gemara is going to say that Takonas Usha and Baal Benichse Ishtoi is totally in Kenya Peres Kikin Agoftami, that's Noch the Takonas Usha. Noch the Takonas Usha that they said that Isha Shemachra Benichse Baal Bechay Baal Umes. Daloche is Shabal Moitz Miyadal Kuchos. According to Rabbi Yochanan, you know what the Chazal was saying? They weren't just saying that he has a din of a that too. But what Chazal was saying was, is that he has the Kenyan Peros. And because he has the Kenyan Peros, so therefore Kenyan Peros gets Kenyan Aguftami, and if Kenyan Peros is Kenyan Aguftami, so it's for that reason the Baal is being Moitzmiyad al-Kuchas. Meaning, Zokra Meir Simcha, Toys has the kasha, why do you need Takana Susha? Typically, Kenya Paris, Kenya Naguftami. The Teretz is, because without Takana Susha, we would say that the Baal's Kenyan that he has is only a Kenyan in the Paris. It's not a Kenyan in the Gulf. And if all it is is a Kenyan in the Paris, you don't say Kenya Paris, Kenya Naguftami. Or behind, we do have Takana Susha. So, Vosh state in Takana Susha. 
You know what state in Takana Susha? Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agoftami. And it could be even a Rish Lakish, who ordinarily doesn't hold Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agoftami. Or behind that, we have a Takana Susha, state in Takana Susha, that Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Agoftami. But the point is this that you find there are Gemaras that tell to Bao Benechsa Yishtai, the Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agoftami. Thus, it's out noch the Takana Susha. That the Bao could block. Why could the Bao be Moitzmiad Alokuchais? The terrorist is because Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Agoftami. That last punchline is before Shin the Ktois. Look at the Ktsois and Simon Kuf Tes Gimel. The Ktsois says that Yesh Loimah, the whole Chiddush of the Takana Susha was, is that they gave him a proper Kenyan Paris. That Lule, the Kenyan, Lule Takana Susha, you would have looked at him as not having a proper Kenyan Paris. Ramea Simchus Lomdus. He has a Kenyan in the Kufa Paris, but not a Kenyan in the Karka. And that's not Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agoftami. And that's why you had to come on to the Takana Susha. Or behind, we do have a Takana Susha. Ramea Simchus answering Toysvis Kasha why we needed a Takana Susha. I don't understand why you need Takana Susha. Taisa's kasha wasn't that Takana Susha doesn't stim with Rabbi Yechanan. It stims better with Rabbi Yechanan. His kasha was why you need Takana Susha according to Rabbi Yechanan. According to Rish Lakish, I understand why you need it. Because ordinarily, Kenya Paris is lavka Kenya Nagov. But according to Rabbi Yechanan, Kenya Paris is always Kenya Nagov. Why do you need Takana Susha? The terror is because in such a case, really, without Takana Susha, you wouldn't have Kenya Paris, Kenya Nagov, Tommy. It's only because of the Takana Susha. So, really, whenever you learn sugyas of and sugis of Paris Nachsimolog, Ramea Simcha is basically telling you, you have to know, is this sugi going far the Takana Susha or not the Takana Susha? Because Takana Susha, Lahanal, wasn't just a Takana in a very, very obscure case, but there was a fundamental shift in the way Chazal were going to view now the husband's chus that he has in the Paris Nachsimolog. And that is, do you view him simply as having a Kenyan in the Paris? Or do you view him as having a Kenyan in the Gufa Karka? Before the Takana Susha, he had nothing in the Gufa Karka. Takana Susha, of course, leveraging Hefke Bezdin Hefke, gave the husband a Tzchus in the Gufa Karka. It's a fundamental difference. And that's Gufa, the premise of the whole Takana. And why, if a woman sells, it's not going to be okay. Because it's working with Rabbi Yochanan's Kenyan parents, Kenyan And just like in the Sugis and Baba Basra, there's such a Muslim, the son can't sell at all. It's nothing. That if he dies before his father dies, the Mecher is not going to be a Mecher. Because Kenyan parents, Kenyan Agoftami, La'acha Takana Susha. We view the husband as having a proper Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Hagoftami, so that that's the terror of Taisvis Kasha. But more importantly, that was the real Oiftu as it relates to Takana Susha, and this will very much be continued.